I'm Charlie Rossiter, and this is Poetry Spoken Here. We got something really special for you today. Our featured poet is Slangston Hughes, a National Slam champion based out of Baltimore, Maryland. He's also there, the director of youth poetry at Do More Baltimore, and a founder of Speak Out. He's just recently released a book of poetry called Slanguage Arts and Griot Glimpses, which is a chronicle of his own growth as a poet over the last 15 years. And in his poetry, he merges the personal and the political. And so that's going to be something interesting to hear about. And I can tell you something else. Umar bin Hassan of The Last Poets has said, if this guy had been around when we got started, he could have rolled with us. Now, if you knew who The Last Poets are, you know that is a beautiful compliment to have. So Slangston, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Greetings, glad to be here. <laughs> yeah. And uh, one, one thing I, I, I was curious about, and I want to be sure I uh, talk to you right on the air here. So uh, I've got Slangston here, which is a, a performance name, but but then there's Victor. Uh, and uh, anyway, you said there's something about your names that you could you could tell me about. So uh, why don't you do that to get us started and get, us, get um, to know you a little bit? Yeah, I guess that's a really exciting place to start. Um, it kind of definitely gets the thrusters going right out the gate. Um, so Victor Rogers, Victor Franz Rogers II is my government name, but a very long time ago in my youth, um, it was, I guess, discovered by certain clinicians that I had some tendencies towards what could or could not be a bipolar type of prognosis. and. Luckily, my mother was like, I think that these people are quacks and they want to try to start medicating you and that's the wrong path to go down. Um, and so we did not uh, go along with that idea. And so I think that what happened instead was that I just used writing as a way to try to figure out what was going on in my own head. And one way that what that led to was having all of these different performance personas, these different personalities who were all parts of who I was. And so there's Slangston Hughes, who's the poet who kind of emerged when I was a freshman in college at Coppin State University. Slick Vic Lowe was the original medium for which I just kind of figured out how to get all my frustration out as I was growing up. And Slick Vic Lowe is, is an MC, a hip hop performer, a rapper. Um, Slick Vic Lowe is kind of like the Superman to Victor Rogers, Clark Kent. And then later on emerged <laughs> others. There's Lyrical Leviathan, who is a, an evil ancestor from the future, um, who is like a vicious lyrical MC. And then there's Thelonious Coltrane, who is a fusion of jazz and hip hop. And um, Thelonious Coltrane is the weirdest one and does all kind of strange things with musicians over the years. And then there's another one who doesn't really exist and we don't believe in him, so we don't talk about him. <laughs> I love it, man. And Thelonious Coltrane, that is, uh, yeah. Very, very cool. <laughs> as, as Johnny Carson used to say, weird, wild stuff. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and that's a great story about your mom. Good for her. My God, she came through and yes. knew, knew what to do, you know? Shout out, uh, shout out to, uh, shout out to, to Devon. Beautiful. To Devon M. Ford, the, uh, 
I guess you could say the the mastermind behind the madness. Ooh, yeah. We well, always say uh, none of us are quote unquote normal in our family, and that's a good thing. Yeah, we're abnormal in the right direction. Yeah, well, uh, in the creative direction. Well, why don't we? Uh, well, we hear a poem. You want you want a slam, huh? That's really fabulous. The competition's really tough. Right, so speak people. out, speak out is actually um speak out slamageddon. Slamageddon is the the adult um slam team from Baltimore that I founded in 2012 originally, and then the venue we had a lot we had venue hula hoops and stuff, and then we came back in 2014, and um <clears throat> and then we started sending teams to the National Poetry Slam in 2015, and in 2016 we won the whole goddamn thing somehow, um, and then we won the Southern Fried Poetry Slam the last two years in a row, and then our youth have won two of the last three international youth poetry slams and so um an organization that i'm uh, as you mentioned i'm part of do more baltimore has kind of been like the uh the associate organization with slamageddon and mm. all the members of the slam teams have just happened to be also teaching artists with do more baltimore and um so what that has led to is um this this exposure of of the baltimore style of poetry kind of getting a spotlight on it around the country um black chakra aka jacob mayberry who one of the team members and a, and a do more baltimore teaching artist um won the texas grand slam a few months ago and he's about to go down there next month and go head to head in a one-on-one -on -one slam against the winner of of this year's international world poetry slam for to see who is the who is the king of the slams you're gonna have a big poeting a big poet off <laughs> it reminds me of the heavyweight heavyweight uh competitions they used to have in uh in towels which they got in a boxing ring and arranged it out like a one-on-one -on -one head to head to head thing it was really, really interesting. Yeah, anyway, he even, so, yeah. he even made like a, uh, a WWF style, like, like trash talking video on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, you know, by the way, listeners, if you don't really know much about, amazingly, some people don't still know much about what a slam is. So I'm just going to say, if you have an opportunity to check out a slam somewhere near you, go and do it. Just, just, you'll learn something. And it's probably not what you think it is if you don't know much about it. All right, so now let's hear a poem from a guy who's who's done really well in poetry slam competition. Sometimes I see spirits break dancing on the closed eyelids of sleeping infants, waiting, anticipating the awakening. All the animals have evacuated from out of your imagination. Conjuring chaotic catacombs created to correspond callously configuring containment concocted from Caucasian cocks cock fired and reloaded in succession in the direction of celestial ancestors, causing my mother's 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 clitoris to travel forward through time portals and smack some sense into your sanctified ass. A storm is brewing. 
beckoning like ravenous metaphysical orgasms, splashing, crashing, flashing, like lightning igniting, rewriting the recitings of your bastard ass nation inside the visca Pisces of divine creation, remaking, shaping energy, man and matter, mangled metaphors morphed into vaginal vengeance. I MC like red seas, given instant division, spinning wide open oceans, overflowing from the womb of Oshun's menstrual liquids, point blank, period. End of sentence. Witness a rebirth at its bloody beginning. See, there will never be peace in our lifetimes unless first recorded from unrecorded war crimes, reported from unknown front lines while MOK lays in his grave holding a 12 gauge, awaiting the day when he'll be free to blast, free to blast. Thank God Almighty, I'm a blast your white ass. My notebook has exploded. And only one page remains, declaring that your dicks and your guns shall be castrated in the name of the mother, the daughter, and the son that they raise. There will be no more black martyrs baptized in unholy Illuminati waters. Word to the ghetto alphabet's author, because God is not an American, and neither were your forefathers. And I'm your worst nightmare's worst nightmare. Awake and aware, well prepared. Take pathetic poets, focus on the fact that they get in notice, expose them, remold, fold, and roll them, leave them in a time loop like samples for beats loaded into MPCs for MCs and leave them there on repeat. Still spewing the same useless pseudo-conscious nonsense that so many have been exploiting for years. And if you just applauded, you was probably exactly who I was talking about up in here. Shit. Tsunami temper tantrums washing away the industry's inventions, rapists, religions, and politicians conditioned to swallow the pedantic answers following justice at the feet of just us trying to feed us from the fetus of the drum festival's flyest dancers. So now the age shifts again. Your civilization is drowning in Darwin's Christian sin. See, this is just a message that I recorded with the goddess's pen. She nourished you with knowledge. Loved you with wisdom, massaged light into your triple darkness and gave you life. Yet you perceived kindness as weakness, bloodied her beauty with bondage, and now her intimacy has become vengeance. Witness the scorn wrath of a woman writing hieroglyphic graffiti on the walls of her womb, woven into words that no sound can transmit with clenched fists, baptized in the planet's surface, verses written in tears and sealed in the sky with a kiss, while the water calls for the moon to crash into a cliff and shooting stars drift to the abyss. As the sun drips livid lava from drama-filled pen tips, white yoga instructors checking their horoscopes, trying to find out if they sign switch. Like, oh shit, well I was a Pisces, but now I'm a Sagittarius? What the fuck is this bullshit? Because the cosmos is your baby's mama, and karma is a bitch. And you ain't never heard a love poem like this. <laughs> All oh, right. How can, can you describe how a poem like that gets written? Like so <laughs> where it started even or whatever, you know? That that's a, a poem, focus. That's a poem called Oshun's Revenge. Um Oshun is an African deity in the Yoruba um spiritual system um that is that is the deity of water and love, but also at the same time, if you cross Oshun, Oshun becomes extremely um, wrathful in, in, in how you get dealt with for crossing Oshun. Mm -hmm. And so I thought of 
if Oshun was to look at the state of, of blackness in America, black people in America and the atrocities and the oppression that has happened to black people throughout the history of America, what would Oshun's response be um, to all the abuse that has happened to her children? And so I thought of Oshun as a black woman getting revenge for her children being abused. And so that is where that came from. And so the poem is like me yeah. chronicling what happens when Oshun gets revenge on the system of white supremacy, if you will. Yeah. Well, this is where I get to say, folks, this is why it's nice that this is a recording and you can go back and listen to the poem again. And that's a, tr <laughs> that's a tremendous asset. When somebody like that comes at you, like wham, here it comes. You can miss a lot. You, know, you get a lot, but you miss a lot. And, and that's a good one to listen to again. Yeah, and it's kind of written in the form of a verbal tsunami, almost like just kind of like this. This is all going to hit you at once. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's this this verbal vengeful thing, and that's one of the poems from the book that that I don't read as much, and it doesn't really work as well in a slam format. But it's like I always like like to pull that one out and like, oh, this is the one they don't see coming. <laughs> <laughs> and get that message out yeah yeah that's really fine yeah we'll do another one hey eh? this is cool when they come for me the first thing they'll see will be flames we have been burning since we got here we have been holding fire since birth dying to open our hands and let the wind speak for us america you are a mouth made of maggots. We scream with corpse-filled cadence. Another poem pregnant with bloody ink and brown broken bodies. So many names staining our fingerprints that our palms have no room left for eulogy. I wrote this poem already. I wrote this poem already. I already wrote this poem. My writer's block is stained with the blood of my people. So these words better burn beautiful, better scorch the earth they bury us beneath. Coffins caught in my capillaries, graveyard in my chest, heartbeat is crematory. My soul is on fire and America, you are next. The moment we get tired of all these black poems is the moment we become complacent with all this black death. Another autopsy is literary art. I'm tired of holding writing workshops in the morgue with hashtags as prompts. Yesterday, I tried to meditate, but all the mantras sounded like madness, sounded like my mouth mumbling over melanated names made martyr. The ancestors won't speak to me because they're too busy with orientation. How long before I have to write this same autopsy for my own, before I'm forced to wrap my family and friends in a shroud made of metaphors and write their names on it, before they have to pick up a pen and edit my body and know I will not ask your country for help. I will not pray to your God for protection. Fuck that nigga. Oshun disapproves. Yimiya disapproves. Ogun and Obantala demand fire and truth. Shango said he ready to let them things go. It's time to take the targets off of our bodies and put them on theirs. June Jordan's poetry haunts my daymares. Asking, what if every time they killed a black boy, we killed a cop? What if every time they killed a black woman, we burned a city? We engulfed a senator in flames. 
Our history is a history of being baptized in this country's love made lighter fluid, of being trapped inside the house burning the king predicted that we'd be locked within. And if I too am America, then we gonna burn together. We gonna light this motherfucker on fire, not because we wanna watch it burn, but so that maybe they will finally see the light. Yeah, you sent me that one. It's really, really something. You sent me an early version, a different version of it, and uh, so yeah, yeah what I think I didn't get to read it. Yeah, in the book, there's the version that I sent, which is the longer mm -hmm. literary version that has all the things, and then the one I just did from memory yeah. is is a slam version that is condensed and will and fits within the time limits of a, of a slam competition. Right. Of course. I always call a process like trying to turn a movie into a trailer. It's like, how do you get the parts <laughs> that is going to get any audience excited? Like, oh, how do we find out more about that? Because um, yeah. I write, I tend to often write really long pieces um, often throughout the years. And I had to kind of, to, to participate in slam, I had to become the master of of editing things down to a shorter excerpt of themselves because early on i was like the king of time penalties i would routinely <laughs> just get the worst time penalties in a college slam like maybe the second slam i ever participated in way back in 2002 um i started freestyling in the middle of the poem because i was forgot the word and i started just freestyling but then i couldn't figure out how to stop freestyling and before it was all said and done i got a 15 minute time penalty oh my God. Which, which clearly meant that my chances in the competition were <laughs> but people yeah. enjoyed it and it was yeah it's fun <laughs> but yeah. it was like yeah you lost all the points no no more points for you <laughs> yeah that's something yeah yeah, and the slam, folks. The time limit's three minutes, and uh, and so that obviously you have to do that. That's it's interesting though that you can, you uh, see, so you still, I presume, you don't worry about it. You write the poems, and then later, if you think you want to use it with a slam, you uh, you pull it back. Uh, yeah, me back. personally, I, I, I've I've never really felt comfortable cartelling my process based off of a time frame. Um, and so yeah, I let the poems be what they are, live as they come through the celestial wireless, if you will. And then if it's like this, this one might work well in the format of a slam and how that platform works, I'll, I'll edit it down um, and create a slam version of it. Um, but I do find that the longer I write and the longer I have been writing, my poems do start, have started to get shorter and shorter. Um, I feel like one day I'll be able to just make a one word poem that says it all. And then I'll be like, yes, now I'm good. <laughs> well, that's this, I think, relates to another another part of you that I uh, maybe I got this from a different website where something you sent me where you're influenced by hip hop and, you know, hip contemporary stuff, but very uh, interested and concerned with staying in touch with really the important poetic roots, poetry for, you know, not just not just flamboyant stuff that wins an audience, but. You know, right. Langston, uh, Haki Marabudi, uh Absolutely. You know. Uh, yeah, I mean, those are the origins. Like, um, it's this cyclical thing that historically happened in the in the tradition of 
of radical black writing and just in the black literary tradition in general where the Harlem Renaissance begot the black arts movement and even the beat poets and that Langston Hughes published the Mary Baraka's first poem. And so it was a literal passing of the torch from one movement to the next. And then Mary Baraka published a lot of the beat poets. And yep. then that led into later on the founding of the black arts movement. And then Mary Baraka was a mentor for um, the last poets and so was Gil Scott Heron and so a lot of that work in the last poets albums and in a, a lot of the Mary Baraka recordings with jazz music and of course in Gil Scott Heron's work ended up being the DNA of what became hip-hop and MC in particular the element mm -hmm. of hip-hop that is known as rap music and then in the 90s you saw this inverse where hip hop became the inspiration for a contemporary performance poetry and spoken word mm -hmm. um, in particular in the black community. So it's like one movement feeds the other. And then now you have the youth poetry movement that came out of the adult slam movement. Yeah. And so um, it's important to know where these things originated and where these styles and these writing schools, like where did these influence come from because um, a lot of a lot of younger poets, you'll find out the oldest poet they might know is someone from who was born in 1998. And um, so f as 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 educators in this in this realm, it's important for us to to pass forward the knowledge of where what mm -hmm. we do comes from, like where did it originate? You, you know, you mentioned something I thought I'd be. I'd I'm always interested to ask people this question when people talk about spoken word and poetry. Now, what would you tell somebody uh, is the difference between being a poet and being a spoken word artist? Now, that is the question of questions right there. Um, I think the answer might differ, differ based off who you ask. But me personally, I've always really been um, very passionate about my philosophy and stance on that and that I believe poetry is poetry. Um, I think poetry um, in any form is poetry and I think spoken word um, and poetry are not two different things. I think those are kind of labels to get attached to them so that people can kind of try to compartmentalize it for one reason or another. Um, but and at the same time, there are differences in how poetry works on the page versus how poetry works on the stage. Um, I think at their best, there's poetry that is ambidextrous and able to do both at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, and, and there are differences in the process. But personally, I feel that poetry is poetry. Um, because if you look at the work of Sonia Sanchez or Mary Baraka, yeah. it works just as well out loud as it does on the page and all of the people who who we often look at as being those in the black canon who are the are the priests or the um, predecessors of what became spoken word they were not viewed as spoken word artists they were very much in the literary and even in the academic traditions they were just dynamic in reading their own work out loud um, and so a lot of times we do ourselves a disservice and being like, well, there's the spoken word in the slam world, and then there's the literary world, and you gotta decide which side you're on. It's like, no. Mm -hmm. And a poem that I that's in the book that um is from really early on, um, called um of gods and griots talks about that exact thing. Like, like 
you have you never seen a Mary Baraka read podium paper, but you think you were at a concert. Um, so it's it's really all about how the words come through you. But personally, I don't feel like um, spoken word and quote unquote pays poetry are these two drastically different things that aren't a part of the same thing. Like poetry is poetry. It's, it's what is the quality of the writing at the end of the day. Yeah. Wow, I like hearing, I love hearing that answer because I, I always kind of thought, well, spoken word kind of maybe gets out the audience a little better because they expect better delivery. I mean, expect a more, quote, entertaining performance of the poem if you call it spoken word. But And that's true. Yeah. But the most entertaining poem is not necessarily the best written poem. Sometimes no. you can use performance to cover up writing deficiencies. And at the same time, a poem that is... Um, really well written on the page is not necessarily well performed if yeah. you don't if you don't know how to attach the proper performance aesthetics to it to, yeah. to make it live on the stage the way that it needs to yeah I'm, I'm with you hey well we got time for one more poem so let's get in one more poem here so now that we got an orange president white liberals want to suddenly find their inner blackness as if when black youth tried to set this shit on fire, you want the first to label it riot, to label it unrest. But as soon as white fists raise an outrage, all of a sudden the definition switches. Yeah, I seen you crowding up the damn metro with your pussy hats and still wet signs ready for protest. Well, I got a protest sign written on my face. It reads, nigga, you're late. Where the fuck your ass been at? Because to keep it a trillion in debt ain't shit changed for those of us who've been living without us since day zero. But as soon as your privilege gets ruffled a little, you're ready to fight for what's right, but wasn't trying to fight for my rights until the system interfered with the context that protects the precepts of your white. Never down to fight for my life, but let a classroom in a suburb get shot up and it's revolution on sight. So don't come with all that rebellious chit chat, because when you're black, just to live your life is a revolutionary act. So why would we even be remotely surprised when this nation elected a racist and a rapist as a president? As if Donald ain't the poster child for what has always made America great at being America. As if his father didn't burn crucifixes on lawns for a living. As if Thomas Jefferson's penmanship didn't impregnate his plantation with irony. See the way America sets itself on fire, then blames my hand for holding the match. Rub my mother's used tampons in Trump's face so this country can get a taste of the blood it was built on. And forget writing letters to the congressional rep. I write bomb threats, arm, leg, leg, arm, head, guard body with the shoddy and body, the government body, call it a strike on site or off land, smack fire out that man's. It's not a metaphor or fire element. What I'm saying is the president can catch these hands. But apparently diversity is the new drug of choice, the new agenda for gentrification politics. Like a thousand white men kneeling at the feet of Michelle's portrait in prayer. You're not a racist because you're an old white man. You're a racist because you're an old white man who's a racist. Call it black magic, melanated madness. Reproduce on the planet like rabbits. White DNA nearly sterile, so they try a new tactic. The biracial replacement of tonal blackness. Why you think you see the same light-skinned girl with the curls in every single commercial? We oxymorons, neo-indigenous people. Black America ain't black America at all, because black ain't never been American. 
We displace Africans, disface Anakins, ancestral mannequins, forced to live as mannequin, far beyond earth, Saturn blend, stardust for skin, the universe's rhyme pattern put on pause, been lightened to a galaxy, a galaxy into these bars. We desegregated, the devil separated the avatar's greatness from God. All of that to say, fuck a standing president. The people are standing in, because from where I'm standing, the power is still ours. Nigga. All right. Well, Slangston, it's been really great talking to you and hearing your poetry. I'm really, really glad we could manage to do this. Thank you for having me. Um, the last poem is a poem that's not in the book. It's a newer poem for a new collection that's coming soon. And um, to find out more, I'm highly Googleable. Um, Slankston Hughes, and then a whole portal of things open up. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, you're listening to Poetry Spoken Here. I'm your host, Charlie Rossiter, and we've been visiting with Slankston Hughes from Baltimore, Maryland. I'm Charlie Rossiter, and this has been Poetry Spoken Here. Our feature is Slankston Hughes from Baltimore, Maryland. Slankston frequently works with musicians, and so we've got a recording to play for you of his poem, Kuombo, which is Swahili for creativity, with musical accompaniment. channel just a small piece of the creator so with every line that i write i design my own life you create reality god's wisdom written within my compositions in which to write life into existence for god is all and within us we each possess just a small spark through our art one part a single smidget that mimics the infinite and i is imperfect as perfect searching for purpose in these verses in between lines where life takes precedence and words become worthless and the universe can be felt tip of self-help, cause there are some things that need to be changed about myself, that are preventing me from producing positive movements in the direction of my own wealth, stomach filled with starving stanzas, scraping the insides of divine hunger pains, and sometimes I just wanna leave this place, every moment, every moment, 
And sometimes I just wanna leave this place Every morning facing the mirror Staring into my father's face And sometimes poetry possesses such a sour taste But out of the necessity for clarity We create pins, penetrate apathy Rendering injuries into ravenous rationalities Giving children back their right to write And incite creativity In the sight of incorrect correction I color outside the lines to realign your mind's indirect perception Placed beneath still waters we can see God's reflection So read in the name of the Lord who creates us from a clot Who by the pins hot men what we knew not And the waters run deep So into the distance of the infinite I reach To seek the light Crying at night with struggle on repeat I tried to write my life into the beat But every day is another day to keep trying To be a better me And when it happens it hurts Blurred tears and slurred thoughts stir As the earth continues to turn And I wish that I could capture the whole world Just so I could share it with her So no longer will I pray But rather thank the most high for what has already been done Past, present, and future all one Cause only lower density life forms get lost in time See we are all artists With the ability to create ourselves in each line No need for faith Destiny or dogmatic religious recipes I am God and so are we Infinitely divine Unable to Infinitely divine Able to shine inside the most high's light Because through the creator's gifts when given We have the ability to create And make ourselves Into whatever we want to be Why do you think it's called creativity? Therefore what I write is my life Ignited and recited into position I write my entire world into existence Spit it and then live it Al-Kalam, Kaumba, Noon By the pen and what we write By the inkstand and the pen And that which I write By the grace of thy Lord Thou art not a madman I swear by the pen and what the angels write Al-Kalam, Kaumba You've been listening to Poetry Spoken Here. I'm Charlie Rossiter, inviting you to join us again next time to let poetry speak to you. Music for today's program was written and performed by Jack Rossiter Mundley. And remember, Poetry Spoken Here is more than a podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash poetry spoken here. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash poetry spoken here. For more about today's show and other Poetry Spoken Here podcasts, as well as our blog, just visit our website, poetryspokenhere.com. If you'd like to submit suggestions of poets or topics for future podcasts, you can send to our email address, poetryspokenhere at gmail.com. 